Good evening, everyone. It is time for today's Tax Talk. I'm your host. I'm attorney Stephen Leahy. Uh, It is um, Wednesday, November 9th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Um, I was out this last, last weekend. I was out at the Freedom Summit out in Itasca for AM560, The Answer. Third, last Thursday, I was at the Chris Plant event for WLS AM 890. Uh, both were great events. I had the opportunity to sponsor both events, and so we had a lot of fun, talked to a lot of people. Um, I, I really did have a lot of fun. And, you know, and uh, I did a breakout session. Here, let me put it up here. See, so here's, we had a breakout session at the uh, Freedom Summit where I talked about taxes. And, uh Talk, again, talk to a lot of people out at the Chris Plant show. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I, here's the number one question that I got from people. How do you avoid an audit? So that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, won't you join us? So as I mentioned, it was a lot of fun. Here's the uh, pictures up there with, you know, in front of the crowds. Um, it was both were great events, lots of fun. Um, the Freedom Summit is a is a uh, an, yearly event. Um, I don't know how many people they had out there, 600, 800, something like that. Uh, usually jam-packed. We have a lot of fun, a lot of the same people. Great group of people. Matter of fact, a lot of people at the at uh, WLS event were at the 560 event. Go figure. A lot of the same people. So uh, we had again we had a great time. But again, the number one question I got now, given with the 87,000 new uh, IRS uh, employees and all of this, and people ask you know what's the uh, they're going to be audited and everything. Well, how do I avoid an audit? So first, let me say up front and tell you, some audits are random. And so there's really nothing you can do to to, uh, to avoid one of those random audits. But not all, but most of the audit, most audits are not random. And nowadays with the IRS, you relying more and more on um, electronic uh, information returns and things like that, uh, they're becoming more and more common, in my opinion. I know the IRS will probably tell you something. That, but then they, like they have the CP2000, they might not call that an audit because it's, you know, the, you're not going to meet with an auditor. But you're going to be, it's being audited. They're checking your return. They're going to make sure that it's, it's accurate and they're going to ask you for documents to prove it. And so, uh, so I have 11 tips uh, and one bonus. So uh, let's, let's talk about that. So the first one, okay, I think it's the first one. Okay, don't do this anymore. So the first one, mistakes. Make a mistake. So if you're if you're doing math errors now, most of this stuff is done electronically now. Like ninety five percent of all returns are done electronic, so there shouldn't be any errors on there. Um, but some of the errors might be your your address is wrong. You might type that in wrong. You might not on the electronic. A signature, you might have that wrong. So simple things like that can make mistakes can get flagged and 
and someone's going to look at them. And, you know, one of the delays, um, one of the main delays were, and that's why they're so, the IRS is so far behind, were these errors, you know, math errors, common errors. And uh, because, of the, because of the changes in the rules, there were a lot of errors. And then you get error notices. So, you know, so try not to make a mistake. Again, make, double check it. Make sure that the average is right and your social security number is right and all that. Um, that's, that could be a, it's an easy fix, but it's a common error. It is very common that, that this happens to people. Okay, second thing, rounding errors. So, you know, you're putting in, um, you're putting in deductions and, th- and you round up. Uh, it was about $400, not $397, you know, it was, it was $400. I put four and all your numbers are kind of round, are all round. Well, that's a, that's an indication you're just guessing and you're not really following the rules. And so, um, don't round, use real numbers. And that's, it's very important. And we'll, we'll have to talk about the, uh, you know, our framework on, how, you know, how to, what businesses should do. Because a lot of this is for, for individuals. Although people, I, I've talked to a lot of people out there that are doing their own tax return using TurboTax and they're in business for themselves. Usually not a good idea. And that's what we're going to, we're going to, we'll talk about that though. File late or not at all. I have a lot of clients who do this, who file late. One of the things about filing late is you're going to get a penalty. You know, you, there's a late filing penalty and a late payment p- penalty. Usually, if people are filing late, they're usually not paying on time also. So now you're going to be faced with a failure to file and a failure to pay, and then plus the interest on top of that. And so, uh, um, you know, and when you file late, it's, you know, when I, if someone comes to see me, they haven't filed in six or seven or eight years, and we get them all done, we're sending them in, some person's going to look at them. It's not going to go through the electronic uh, system, right? Some person is going to have to look at them, and that's uh, that could be a problem. Uh, tax protesters. A tax protester is someone that believes that the IRS doesn't really have the authority to tax them, and or they believe that the 16th Amendment wasn't properly um, uh, ratified, or uh, there's a you know or whatever it is, and they just believe that the IRS doesn't have the the authority. Well, when you question the IRS's authority, uh, they don't like that. And they and they really don't work with you very well. That was Wesley Snipes, right? He hadn't filed in in three years. He took the position that the IRS didn't because he he bought into somebody's um, malarkey that he that there was no such thing as tax code. He didn't have to worry about it. And so, uh, but they called him on it and they they put him in prison for three years. And so that and that happens. Um, so if you're a tax protester, you know they're they're going to audit you. If you even file a return, most tax protesters don't file a return. But then what happens is the IRS files a return for you based on the information returns, you know, W-2s, 1099s, things like that. They'll file one for you and assess a tax against you. And that's not a service. It is a punishment. Have foreign bank accounts and don't report them. This is common because many people don't don't even realize that if they have a foreign bank account, they're supposed to report it. It's not here after all. It's in another country. Um, but uh, these foreign bank accounts are reporting to the IRS, so they're telling the IRS when United States citizens have a uh, account there. And so, if you don't report it, just like it not reporting a 1099, and we'll get to that one too. Uh, you know, if someone reports something on you and you don't include it, uh, you're going to get someone's going to take a look at it. It's going to be audited. Okay. Unreported income, and this is what we were just talking about: the foreign 
foreign banks. They, these foreign banks um, will do report to the IRS when a United States citizen has money in their bank. Okay, unreported income, if I get a 1099 uh, or a 1099-C, or because you don't know that canceled debt is, is income, do you? But it is, and uh, when you don't report that because you don't include it on your 1099-C, I mean your 1099 on your tax return, well, then that's a red flag, and they're going to take a look at it. Um, you know, uh, 1099s, even if you include it in your income, if you don't attach the 1099, they assume that you didn't. So you have to attach the 1099 to your tax return so they know that it's accounted for in your numbers. Um, a lot of people don't even get the 1099, don't even realize that there was one um, submitted for them. And then, of course, you don't put it on. And then you're going to get the, 10, the 2000, CP2000. And, uh, and they're going to ask you, hey, what's going on here? Why don't you have it here? Uh, so that's... So that's a, sometimes it's beyond your control, but that's what's going to happen. You're going to get take large charitable deductions, right? So you know, and you can give charitable deductions, and charitable deductions are, are not only is it nice, but they are tax deductible. And there's no limit to how many you can give. You can give a lot of charitable deductions. The problem is, is a lot of people cheat. When they cheat, they they just invent that they gave a charitable deduction. So expect the IRS. And remember, now they have all these numbers. They know every tax return. They have a, you know, the average person has this much charitable deductions. At your, at your income level, the average person gives this much away. And if you're way beyond the normal, well, expect someone to take a look at it and ask you about it and uh, ask you to verify it. So that won't be someone coming out to your house and say, hey, what about a charity? But you'll get a letter in the, in the mail and say, hey, here's what we found. It's called, uh, you know, a, a, a correspondence audit. And they'll ask you to, to send them the information to show to prove that these deductions were legitimate. If you have a household, a home-based business that takes a lot of losses, well, you know, the, the IRS calls this um, a hobby, right? So if you're a photographer and you're taking a lot of pictures and you, maybe you sell some to some friends and family and then you deduct all the uh, photography equipment that you take and the trips that you take to take these pictures and it looks like, and you lose, you lose money every year. Well, they're not going to, they're going to take a close look at that. And, you know, they, even though uh, you might be in it for a profit, they're going to say, no, no, that's a hobby. You can't take that. And I've had, you know, I've had some clients uh, for once. I had a client who was a, um, a musician in the Philharmonic symphony. And uh, they would go out and teach. And they were, and the guy says, "No, no, that's a hobby. You're teaching." It's like, how could that be a hobby? Uh, that's what I do for a living. And when I when I leave the the symphony, I'm going to have to go make a living, and someone's going to have to pay me. So, uh, so I thought that that was a that was one we could beat. Um, but be careful. Um, okay, number nine, a bad tax preparer. And I don't mean bad because they're they're uh, poorly prepared or they don't know what they're doing. I mean a bad taxpayer who intentionally inflates your deductions. And this is why all these other things that I was talking about, like home-based businesses and charitable deductions and um, business deductions and all of that, that's why it's a bad idea because because there's tax preparers who hound or uh, rely on people 
uh, and they cut and they give them big refunds by falsifying their tax returns. And a lot of people don't never even look at their tax returns. They have no idea that what is in that tax return is false, or maybe it's uh, um, maybe it's just ignorance, you know, bliss by bliss, right? They're just happy that it happened and they don't want to inspect it too closely. Um, but and what happened? And then you get the money at the end of the year, so you go to this taxpayer. Maybe you usually get two thousand dollars a year as a refund, and all of a sudden this guy gets you fourteen thousand dollars. You know, this this is the greatest guy I ever met. He's the greatest taxpayer I ever met. But really, he's falsifying your tax return. And a lot of people buy into this because the, the return gets filed and the IRS sends you the money. And so you have $14,000. You say, well, it must be true. If it wasn't true, the IRS wouldn't send me the money. But it does take a year or two years or longer for the IRS to, to, to uh, flag it. And once some of these tax preparers get flagged, everyone they ever did a tax return for is flagged also. So make sure, though, if you if you hire someone to do your tax return, make sure they sign it themselves and don't just sign your own name, right? Because you they have to be accountable for it. It's actually illegal for someone to to um, complete a tax return without putting their name to it. Um, it just so so be careful there. Business expenses. Uh, one thing that I put I preach to my clients is get the business expenses off your tax returns. This is, this is what we call um, structure. Structure your business like a business. Don't do an LLC where you put your on Schedule C or Schedule E or, or if you don't know what schedules I'm talking about, then you shouldn't be doing the, the, the business expenses. They should not be on your personal tax return. They should be on a separate tax return. I'm a big advocate of subchapter S, whether it's an LLC or a, or a corporation to get the, these expenses off of your personal tax return. I've seen people audited who have an LLC, and these were all legitimate expenses, but the IRS questions them and many times disallows them, even though they're valid um, deductions. So it's very hard enough to make a profit in, this, in any business, but just think if you can't deduct the expenses, it's almost impossible to make a profit, right? And so... And so you you know you have to be very careful with the with the expenses. Um, uh, if you're if you're in business, one of the things you have to do is issue these ten ninety nines. So the, if you're in business and uh, and you're giving and you have subcontractors, uh, independent contractors, I should say, then. If you do more than $600 worth of business, you're supposed to send them a 1099. And so if you're taking the deductions on your tax returns, but you don't have the 1099s to show that you took these deductions, then you won't get those deductions and you'll pay tax on that money, right? And if a lot of your business is is independent contractors doing work for you, well, you'll wind up paying their tax for them. Uh, They may pay taxes too because they're still obligated whether they get a 1099 or not to uh, report that income. So maybe they report it and pay the taxes, but you're not going to get that, that deduction, right? You're going to have to pay taxes on it. So send out the 1099s. I think this is something that, that many business owners do not do and really have to. And then the bonus, here's my bonus, 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 bonus. If you're in business or you have a complicated return, don't do your own return. It's not worth it. 
right? One of the, the, the big red flag is that you do your own return. So I have a company, we do tax returns for a lot of people. They don't do my tax returns. I hire a third, a third party to do my tax returns because I want the th- that I don't want uh, me to be on the tax return. You're more likely to cheat. You know whether you cheat or not. It's not really the, the issue. The, is that there's more, you're more likely to. So if I hire a third party, I have an independent third party who's taking a look at my tax return and signing off on it. And not only that. You know, you're you're probably missing deductions and things that you should have. Now, one of the things that we do is we want to put everybody into a tax planning program. So not only are you getting your tax returns done, but you're planning in advance. Most people don't, right? Most people just, it's hard enough to get the, the records together to give them to your tax preparer to get it out on time. So this is something that happens all year round, uh, record keeping and things like that. And so that's what we help our clients do, you know, and that's what we want to help you do. So, um, so these are, this is what, these are the 11 plus bonus that, um, that I was talking about. I think it's important. Let me see if I can, I mean, people don't understand, uh, but anyway, that's the number one, that's the number one question I was asked all weekend, you know, how to avoid audits. So I thought I would go through it here and, uh, and go through it with you. Um, this is a, a spe- I'm going to, um, if you want to, I'm going to attach this to my newsletter. This is a free bonus report. So if you want a copy of my newsletter, fill out the form here on, uh, and uh, we will send you, um, we'll put you on my newsletter list. A lot of great information on there. Keep up with what's going on in the tax world and the legal world in general and at my office. Um, and so if you have any questions, you know, you can feel free to give me a call. Remember that uh, I'm going to ask you to like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. We need your help to get this information out. Also, I'll give you a copy of my book, Deal With Your IRS Problem Today. Go to freeirsbook.com, freeirsbook.com. Get your free copy. We will pay for the printing. If you sign up for the newsletter, I'll even pay for the shipping. What do you think? Go to freeirsbook.com. Just don't put in your credit card information and call me, and I'll make sure that you get a news, my newsletter. And because then, because if you fill out the information, I'll have your address. And uh, if you don't give me your credit card, then I won't be able to run it. So I won't charge you. And then I will uh, send you a copy of my newsletter and the book for free. So uh, we, uh, we'd be happy to do that. So thanks so much for joining us here today. Um, we will join. We'll be here again tomorrow. So thank you again. And God bless you. Mm-hmm.